Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the ENS Wolves podcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. For the second week running, my name is Mr. Luke Hatfield, and I'm joined by our Wolves man in the know at the Express's star, none other than Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, how are you? Two weeks without Nathan Judah. I'm assuming you're completely refreshed and just feeling better all round. It's almost like a holiday in itself, isn't it? Being away from old, uh, old Judah. He's hard work. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's not bad. I don't mind. Good. It's nice to have you around. I mean, yeah, it's, it's always nice to be here. Uh, are you keeping well? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm uh, got a little bit of this cold that's going around. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's definitely not COVID for anyone wondering. I've, uh, it's not the not the Omicron variant. No, I've done. Uh, it sounds very ominous. Did, did, you know, I saw something on Twitter the other day that that is a anagram of no crimbo. Whoa. And it actually is as well. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? <laughs> Christ. The funny thing is the name. Did you ever watch Futurama, Liam? I did. I did. Do you know, um, it's funny because the, the name rung a bell, Omicron. I was like, where have I heard that before? You know them aliens that always attack and try and kill all the humans? They're from yeah. Omicron Percy I-8. Oh, that never even rung a bell with me. Mate, I've, uh, clearly I've watched too much of it. But no, otherwise I'm you know got a little bit of a cold going around. But uh, otherwise I'm all good. How are you keeping? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's 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 causing all sorts of problems with the sports desk. Cause you're not the only one. Oh yeah, it, Joe Macy was another one. I know he bowled it the other week, didn't he? Or the other I day. mean, if, mate, he he was all over the shop. Um, but you had to do some work, didn't you, for once? I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> I, I could not believe it. Um, how was that? How was that? We're not going to talk about the football just yet. I'm just asking about how was the drive down to Norwich? Because I, I mean, I drove on that day, and oh, I was, it was touch and go. Well, you can tell me about yours uh, in a second as well. Was that the same day you went to? No, it was Palace, wasn't it? Yeah, I went to okay, Palace. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll come to Palace. I've got plenty to say about old Palace, old Salhurst. Um <laughs> So, I think I've said it on here with Judah, but you know, I can tell you again and just have another whinge. Norwich, um, right. Nice little fun story for you. Um, Can't wait. I think everyone who's been there before, you know, media fans, they all know it's a slog. Yeah, it's a trick. It's it's not it's not a single motorway either. Ah, oh, it's so upsetting. It's for me from Warwick. It was actually a bit quicker. I think it took me about two hours forty five. Um, so a bit quicker than you know some of my colleagues, which was nice. Uh, I sort of the way the way I've got to go is I've got to go up towards Coventry and get on the M6 and then it goes on from the M6 into that A14 and then that A14 takes a while, doesn't it? Oh, you're mate, on there forever. There's no services virtually. There's hardly anything. Um, you're on there for ages and then you you, you know you you're getting a fair way. You think you know I can't be too far away. I mean, if you look at your sat-nav, you know you're not. But you're thinking the distance you've been. You've been on the A14 for so long. Then you go onto the A11 and it's like. You're on there for like another hour and a half. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable. Um, so, you know, got there. I I mean, hopefully no one spotted me on the A11 because um, I didn't stop anywhere. But I did, at uh, services that is, but I did stop and uh, have a little wee on the side of the road. So. Oh, mate. <laughs> that is poor from you. <laughs> well, it had to be done. It had to be done. I was desperate. The uh, You know, there's little... Uh, <laughs> Rest yeah, areas. Yeah, it's like the little, you know, SOS parking bits where you can get in as an emergency phone and everything. Just oh, flew mate. into one of them. Um, had to be done, mate. Had to be done. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm assuming no one did see, but I, just a quick side note. I uh, I don't know if I mentioned this at the time, but we had Southampton away about maybe two months ago. Yeah. Um, I got to Southampton, parked up and looked at my phone and I had a tweet from someone saying... Hi Liam, do you drive a Renault? Oh no, <laughs> you've been found out. Now I'm not. I don't hope. I don't want you to do it either. I'm not going to say what type of Renault. I'm not going to say what colour of Renault, just in case you know it comes back to bite me on the ass. Um, it's got four wheels and a windscreen. I yeah, yeah, exactly. But I saw that and I was really creeped out. I was like, I didn't, I didn't reply. I was like, well, that is a really strange thing to send to me. Um, but I don't think anyone saw me doing that. But anyway, you know, got to Norwich. Yeah, got there all right. It was yeah, not too bad. I go to a car park that I'm, I've am i been told by the club and by some other people who've been there before that said, you know, this is a fairly good car park. It was six quid, take cash, take card. I was like, right, perfect. Sweet. I get there. They've got signs everywhere saying, sorry for the inconvenience, it's cash only. Oh, I, don't, I don't have cash on me. Who carries cash nowadays? I, I didn't think 
really that it would be quicker to go get cash out. I thought, oh, surely it'd be quicker just to go to another car park. Uh, how wrong I was. Oh. <laughs> I started driving in one direction, um, pulled into a car park, and it was a really strange car park because it was very narrow. It was... Um, it was so you sort of driving down it on your right hand side. All the cars are parked, mm-hmm. just on, almost like sort of on a road, but they're facing sort of outwards. Um, and then on your left, it was just like a, a wooden barrier, and then the main road. So it's just this very narrow little thing. Can't I drive like down parking at a train station. Similar, yeah, sort of similar to that. I was driving down. It was just some random on street one. I thought, oh, this this will be fine. Driving down it, I can't see any spaces. Can't see any spaces. Get to the end, and just before that, I saw one that was like, I might be able to get into it, but it's a bit tight. But I went all the way to the end, nothing. Mm. I get to the end, I'm thinking, there's no there's no room for you to turn around here. Oh, you got to reverse. <laughs> I didn't know. What, honestly, I was like, what on earth am I going to do? And then in, just in front of where the end of it was, it turns into grass and then a path for like you know pedestrians to walk off. Yeah. So I'm thinking, right, I'll just go onto the path and the grass bit quickly Jesus. turn around and even you know this is going to be a long winded story but I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to go for it um, <laughs> even on the other side of where the actual road was the, the grass bit there was like a vergeway there was a massive drop down the other side of it and I'm thinking well this is a bit dodgy but there's probably enough room for me to turn around <laughs> Prob- I dropped probably, down onto the, probably, I mean, yeah probably I go <laughs> no there, there was to be fair there was but I went onto the grass not realising that because it was in front of me and I couldn't see it as I'd, as I'd approached it, there was probably like a half a foot drop Oh, as I went off. Maybe not quite, maybe a bit less than that, but, you know, a fair bit. I did it, clunk, big loud noise off the bottom of the car. I'm thinking, I've just, <laughs> I've just wrecked the car. I turn around on the grass, there's a load of mud, and I'm thinking, if I get stuck here, I'm, you know, I'm in for. Luckily, I managed to get up and got out. Turn around, going back down this car park, I'll pull and I get to that space where I think I might be too tight. Fortunately, it's not. It's just about doable. I reverse into it, get in, get out, go to the machine. And there's two really old machines and they're coins only. Oh, mate. <laughs> After all that, I was like, oh, my word. So... I uh, so I, I then left there. After after all that, went to a... Uh, I think it was the Riverside. Like It was like a leisure centre car park or like a multi-storey thing yeah parked there but they have charges that go from one hour to all the way down to five hours but then after the fifth and I'm going to be there longer than five hours yeah and then sure. after the fifth hour it, it just changes from five hours to 24 hours oh, and it yeah, charges and yeah and it charges you 20 quid oh mate <laughs> now fortunately uh, you know the powers that be at ENS will give me that back um, but it won't you know I've put the expenses in I won't get it back straight away um, but I had to pay it. I had no other choice. And, and bearing in mind, I had to go up to the eighth floor on this multi story to get a space as well. Um, I mean, you could have just got a cash point, man. <laughs> well, I, you know, good friend uh, of the podcast and former colleague, Tim Spears. I was speaking to him in the stadium and he said, oh yeah, I went to the same one. I uh, had a quick Google on my phone. There was a uh, there was a petrol station around the corner when he went and got cash out. Yeah. So I mean, he, that's what that's what I would have done and any other sane person. Well, I just assumed it was going to be quicker to go to a car park somewhere. And then had that... So it took me 35 minutes, basically, to park. I was driving around Norwich trying to park. And I could have just gone cash out like Tim did and it took, what, less than five minutes, probably. Um, so I had a bit of a nightmare. A, a but, bit? <laughs> but, uh, well, and also the football was great, which we'll talk about. But one last thing to add, credit to Norwich. You know, the facilities were quite nice. They gave. They had some nice food on. You know, they looked after you. Uh, nice people. So, uh, you know that that eased my already fuming demeanour by the time I arrived at at, uh, at Norwich. And luckily, I missed the rain. I got in, and some of the people walking in were absolutely drenched. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting to say to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was set, I set off in the early morning. Not early, early morning, but I set off early to to get to Crystal Palace. So I was thinking, oh, this weather doesn't look great. I was seeing pictures from up north. Actually, once I got on the motorway, it was fine. Um, what, what's your what's your hatred for Selhurst Park? Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, did you say you drove to Selhurst? Oh yeah. Where do you park? Mate, come on. I'm, unlike you, I'm I'm a good driver and can find a parking space. That's sh- no. It's impossible to drive to Selhurst. It takes ages to get to it because of the area it is in, in South London. And then it's in Croydon. Park. Croydon. 
Yeah, there's loads of parking. There's loads of on-street parking. You just got to know. You just got to have a, a, a bit of, you know, street smarts. I don't know about that. Well, I saw your tweet with a picture as to where you were sat. Oh, it's um, gr- a grim view. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really grim for you. Yeah, do you know where me and Judah were sat a few weeks ago? Where? We were sat on the back row of those two rows that you were in. Oh. And I had to stand up all game because I couldn't see over the heads in front of me. Yeah, you need to stand up for, like, corners at the at the other end of the ground. I tell you what. You can't see it. Absolute nightmare. It's impossible to see anything. They need to sort that out. You know, no. you know, there's some old grounds that have got character. And you know, like, Salos hasn't got character. Salos is a mess. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, you know what? I've got nothing against Crystal Palace, but I'm telling you now, get that... I'm going to almost swore then. Get that, <laughs> get, get that sorted out because it is absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, um, and, and don't moan, I'm not one to moan about free food, but the food offering at Sellers Park was a poor one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It was, thing, it, I wasn't that disappointed with it because I'm actually pretty easy to please. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that you're willing to spend 20 quid a car parking says it all. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't pay a penny for the parking at, at Sellers Park, which was good, but it is a trek. I'm not going to lie to you. It is a trek. Um, right, uh I was going to have a whole other section of banter, but we're like 10 minutes in already. Um, so it's it's not going to be very banterous, this chat. It's going to be chat about Norwich nil, Wolves nil. Um, I've got five talking points. First one is, that was not a thriller. Well, not for a Wolves, that. Not from a Wolves persuasion. No, I suppose it wasn't, no. But, you know, after all that rigmarole of getting there, and then, you know, they don't put in a particularly great performance. But, as a neutral... It wasn't a bad nil-nil. I've definitely been to worse nil-nils. Uh, you know, last day what, of the worst season. Worst nil-nil you've ever been to? I was just, literally just about to say. Last season, obviously covering Warsaw at the time, uh, it was the last game of the season um, away at Carlisle. Oh yeah, great, great, great start. <laughs> Neither team with anything to play for. And I, I don't think Warsaw had a shot on target. I don't, I'm actually not even sure there was a shot on target in the game. It was that bad. Should have covered it from home. Mm, it was Martin, funnily enough mine's a Warsaw game Warsaw Colchester about two three seasons ago oh I know that was Joe Massey's last game wasn't it it was and yeah. it was horrific <laughs> I remember you telling me because I took over covering Warsaw the next game and you were telling me about how bad it was the week before I was thinking oh great it was grim why is it always such a long away day Colchester's not close Colchester's a right Colchester's a good, good three hours isn't it it's yeah yeah, yeah long 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 genuinely um, there wasn't a shot in anger <laughs> Very good. Um, look, it wasn't a thriller as, as, from a Wolves perspective. I think they probably this is Norwich, of course, not Colchester. Um, they they probably had a good. If you're going to be kind, you'd stretch to maybe first thirty minutes. I know Bruno said that. I'd be tempted to maybe say slightly less than that. Twenty twenty five. They mm. um, they got it out wide. They controlled the possession a bit. Eight Norian Smeda got into decent positions, but didn't quite do enough with it and particularly Aiton Nori who disappointing really because I think he's been very good recently um, wasn't quite at it but you know he's a young lad you know, he'll have those kind of weeks and I would like to see him keep his, his place for Burnley which I'm sure we'll come on to but um, mm. he yeah overall it was you know a lot of possession for very little reward really was is pretty much how you sum it up um, at the start anyway and then you come out in the second half and, and, uh, and Norwich you know dominated for a good 25 minutes or so at the beginning of that second half. Actually, before I'm getting ahead of myself slightly, they should have scored in the first half with a couple of chances. And uh, Max Aarons had that that one chance that really should have buried. It was a sitter. Jersey started very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they had, they had a, a, quite a few chances. And, and really, the in, in the second half, and, and really, the it comes down to the reason Wolves got a point that Norwich can't finish. <laughs> it sounds it sounds a bit harsh, but it's the reality, really. Yeah. Um, particularly second half, Wolves weren't at it. Um, there was a point where they managed to slow the game down a little bit in that second half and they looked after the possession again once they sort of weathered a bit of a storm and then they couldn't do anything with it. Um, forward, forwardly, they were very static. They they were struggling really just to hold on to the ball in those forward areas. I think Trincao and Huang struggled. Jimenez, I gave actually the lowest mark on my play rate. Whether you agree that or not, uh, I can understand why people might say, you know, Trincao or Huang may be slightly worse and... Part of it is that Jimenez didn't get the service, which of course isn't his fault. But at the same time, you know, he wasn't in the right spaces, didn't look after the ball when he did get it, didn't didn't link up with his the players around him, and that's just a, an off day, really. Um, mm. Again, wasn't helped by the players around him. But yeah, they 
they just struggled a little bit. Um, and they're just fortunate that Norwich just couldn't finish. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, one man they were about was Daniel Pedence. Um COVID. Did they miss him? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd have started him again after the after the performance against West Ham. I thought he was brilliant. Um, and it was it's just desperately unlucky because, you know, he had injury issues last year. This year, he's been pretty much a bit part player. Started the cup games, but come off the bench in the Premier League. The West Ham game was only his second start in the Premier League so far this season. Mm. Um, you're thinking, right, he's taken his chance. Now, that was what everyone was talking about after the games. What I was talking about, you know, he'd taken his chance. Was the, That's was what the we narrative. said in the podcast last week. Yeah, exactly. That, that was the narrative. Um, and he had taken his chance, you know. Uh, and then to have that desperately unlucky that, that, that that's happened to him. Um, and it's funny as well because I was really, obviously we weren't expecting it. Uh, Bruno said in his press conference on the Friday that they had issues um, with potentially suspension, which obviously never got in the end. Uh, injuries mentioned in Bolly. Uh, and he mentioned COVID, but you know, from memory and haven't read back, he didn't quite make it explicitly clear that there was a COVID case. And of course, he never actually mentioned it when asked about the fitness and team news. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I can understand why he's obviously not wanting to give away too much to the opposition. Um, but I actually remember, because it was in person uh, on Friday, uh, sat there and I looked to my left and Daniel Pedence walked past the glass heading out of the, the building. Mm. So I'm thinking, when I saw, obviously, they got COVID, you know, they must have found out really late. Obviously, asked Bruno after the game and he said he found out a couple of minutes before he came in to see us in the press conference. Mm. So obviously, that was Pedence literally leaving the building and getting in his car and going home. Um, obviously must have been what it was so um, just really unlucky and, and because they obviously found out that late and he's been tested that late it means he misses Wednesday as well which we'll come on to as we said but um, just really unlucky he'd, he'd, have, he'd have played for me Trincao came in didn't do it um, I don't know if Trincao's going to be one of your talking points stop me if he is but I'm just going to go on about him now anyway um, I've, got, I've got a section coming up which is kind of it but you can cover Trincao now so it's a strange one Um I wasn't quite as disappointed as some of the fans made out because I think he's had worse performances. If I'm honest, I don't think that's quite saying much either, but I do think he's been worse in other games. I think he put a shift in. I think he worked hard, particularly in that second half before he came off. He came mm. off around the 68th minute. Um, you know, he was chasing down every loose ball, trying to win the ball back um, to no avail, of course, but he, you know, he was trying. Um, so I'll give him that credit, first of all, but there was too many opportunities where... You know he's driving forward with the ball. He got into he drove forward with the ball into some nice spaces actually. But there was one particularly in the second half that was really quite nice. Jinked through a few players, and then ultimately didn't make anything of it. Um, decision making is a little bit off. I think he's a bit slow on the ball with his decisions. Potentially because in the leagues he's played in in Portugal and Spain, you get more time on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's pretty much pretty simple really. I think that's it. Um, you just need to speed up a little bit, and of course a little bit lightweight, and he just. Struggled to hold on to the ball when he did receive it. Um, and yeah, didn't make anything happen and then was taken off eventually, but probably a bit too too late. So yeah, it was um, it was disappointing. But, you know, based on the performance and how Norwich actually did pretty well and probably should have won, it's actually a fairly good point in the context that they didn't really deserve it. Mm. Uh, I know there's been some talk about, you know, what happens in January with... Trincao. Uh, outside of a squad depth point of view, would it be the end of the world if he was recalled? Totally, yeah. If you totally take away the squad depth issue, which is a, which is a big one, obviously. Yeah. Um, for me, it wouldn't be. No, it wouldn't be. Um, I do. Th- I want Wolves to keep him because I do think he's, there's, a, there's a talented player in there. Technically, very gifted. He's got a great left foot on him. I think he just needs something to fall for him or something to click in the style and the system and what's asked of him. Um, but it's not quite there yet. If it does click, I think it could be a, it could be a real asset, certainly. But if you ask me now, right now, based on performances, no, not really. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a miss mm. with you know the players they've got in those positions. Yeah. Okay. So this this talking point was one which kind of had Trinko involved, but kind of didn't. Traore conundrum um, when I heard that that Pedence was was out. I assumed that Traore was going to be the guy to come in. Um, but he didn't. He was brought on, of course, from the bench. Um, and again, it was another one where I, I've been quite 
vocal with my criticism of Adama Traore over the past season or so. I, I think his end product's not there. I think it's a real frustration for fans. Really exciting player, obviously very gifted physically, um, but that end product hasn't been around for a while. Do you reckon he'll be in for the Burnley game, considering Pudence won't be fit? I think he should. Um, whether I think he will or not is another question, because... I think for me it boils down to I'm not quite sure he fits Bruno's system. Mm. He wants the wingers to be coming you know, narrow and receiving the ball in pockets of space in between the lines and linking it with the players around them. And, and that's not Troy's game. He, he wants to hug the touch line and play to his assets, whip across in or you know charge into the box and have a shot. Um, and Bruno knows that that's his... His, that they are his strengths, and the and you know playing inside is not really where he's best used, or you know at least at the moment. If you can coach it into him is another question, because uh, Bruno said that plenty of times that you know that's what he's better at. But he, even when he came on, he was coming inside Chiro because he's obviously been told to do that, um, mm. and, and it, it didn't work. Uh, I was a bit confused, really, and surprised with some of the decisions. I thought he came on slightly too late. It was sixty eighth minute, I think it was. Should have been on earlier. Um, he came on in right wing, as I say, and, and was playing quite narrow and, and barely... Almost like got, an inside forward. Yeah, barely got the ball, really. Um, and then after five, maybe ten max, he moved to right wing back when Dendonga came on to add an extra midfield and Samedo went off. Um, and that doesn't make any sense to me because he came on a right wing back against Palace when they tried to force a way back into the game and it, it, just, it doesn't work. He can't defend because he's not a defender. Um... And I just think he's wasted there. I think you need him higher up the pitch. You know, Wolves didn't even play the ball out to the right side when he came on. They kept playing it over to the left side. He barely touched the ball. And to be honest, he, he didn't really put much of a shift in either. If I'm being perfectly honest, um, he didn't he he didn't look happy. If I'm if I'm going to phrase it that way, I don't think yeah. he looked particularly pleased that he'd come off the bench or that he was playing right wing back. And then for about the last two minutes, he moved up to to play striker. They brought Hover on. So. Um, yeah, I I didn't understand those decisions, um, but he needed to show more as well when he came on. He was he was ineffective. So I think I personally would play him um, against Burnley, but it would not shock me whatsoever to see Trincao come back in because he's obviously fancied that. And as much as he's not really doing it, he probably does suit the system and what Bruno wants out of a out of a winger, you know, slash inside forward. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not I'm not a Wolves every week. Although I will be there at Burnley. Uh, alongside you, I, I'm. If in twelve months' time someone said to me, "Is is Traore going to be at Wolves?" I'd almost certainly say no at this point, just considering that his his contract situation, Wolves' valuation of him, which I'm sure you know I'm, they'll value him highly, but obviously they'll have to take that into to you know into account. And like you said, if he's not suiting the system, would it not make sense for everyone involved? If there was, you know, a suitable offer comes in for him, that you maybe seriously consider it. Yeah, um, it's starting to feel more and more likely that he won't be here, and that's obviously just, um, you know, speculation really on my part. But it, it just feels that it's that's the case. Um, you know, he's not playing; doesn't feel like he suits the system. Hasn't signed the deal. Um, are Wolves going to want to? as you say, get as much value out of him as they can before he enters his final year of his contract? Possibly. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Bruno said today that in the in the press conference today that he doesn't want to sell any of the players. He wants to keep all of his players and add to the squad. Um, but, you know, things are, are much different when a player wants to leave and it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, is getting a little bit frustrated. You know, players want to play. He said mm. recently the best is yet to come from him. Um and if I'm going to, you know, put the shoe on the other foot, when he comes on against Norwich, he wasn't really showing it. So it, it works both ways. He's not getting the opportunities, uh, arguably. You know, he's, he hasn't started the last, what, four games, I think it is now. Mm. Um, he's coming on in, or playing in, at least in right wing back, which doesn't suit him at times. Um, but then equally, he's coming on and not doing the business. So, you know, it's uh, he's got to show something more. And I would start him against Burnley, I really would. Get at Charlie Taylor, and uh, I think it could, he could cause a lot of problems, as particularly at home as well. You want to be on the front foot, get at them, and and uh, and try and be winning that game. Mm. 
the most recent, I mean, I know, don't take these with any credence, by the way, um, because the sources of them aren't, you know, it's not coming from BBC Sport, it's not coming from another, you know, particularly reputable source, but the latest reports seem to suggest around 32 million for Traore, Liverpool are one club linked. Would you take that? Uh, I probably would, yeah. I think you, you'd have got more from obviously in probably the summer or in or before that, uh, particularly with long run his contract and you know his stock was very high, but he'll have 18 months left in January. He isn't playing, isn't performing when he does play. Um, so yeah, I think I probably would. Mm. Interesting. Um, back to the game, what would you say were the positives if there were any? I mean, the clean sheet's always somewhat yeah. handy. I think um, there's one major one, which I'll mention in a second, but just as a sort of off-the-cuff one, I thought the defence, pretty much all three of them did pretty well, the back three. Yeah. Uh, Cody in particular, I was I, I thought was the best on the day. Did well uh, second half, I thought. Yeah, exactly what I was about to say. Took the words out of my mouth. He, he A lot of interceptions, a lot of last-ditch tackles, a lot of very well-timed tackles, you know, sticking a foot in, in the box when he could very easily be given away a penalty. Um, mm. So I thought he did a good job. Uh, Kilman and Sice, you know, nothing. I don't think they did anything majorly wrong. Um, I thought Kilman probably, you know, edged it over Sice, but uh, they were fairly solid. Um, the big plus, really, for me, would be Jose Sarr. Yeah. Um, three or four very good saves, and um, they were the kind of saves as well where they weren't, you know, they weren't magnificent, you know, fingertips stretching at his, you know, outstretched into his corner, tipping them over the bar. Um, but they were very instinctive. His positioning was bang on, um, and it was they were they, those are the kind of saves that you know I think make a goalkeeper of his caliber worth uh, you know anything that you're going to pay for him. And Wolf going for an exceptionally good deal, mm. six six odd million, whatever it was. Um, I thought he was uh, I thought he was great. To be honest, yeah, he was he'd, he'd be the man of the match for me. Um, it's interesting you pick that up because I. I... There's been a lot of talk about you know goalkeepers like Aaron Ramsdale recently, and he pulls off these so-called worldy saves where he tips him onto the bar or he just gets a fingertip to it. I think if a goalkeeper does his work early and gets his positioning right, they don't make them saves because they're already in a position where it's not something that gets you know shown as a replay. If you know it, what I mean, I yeah. think, think Sars similar to that. You know, it's it's a good point because it. Um... Now there'll always be you know shots you know there could be a 25 30 yard effort that a keeper if if he is going to make the save is going to have to tip it over the bar and it'll be a spectacular you know great pictures and everything that that does happen in football obviously but I think you are right to say that there's a lot I think it goes under the radar to say that a goalkeeper's positioning um if they get that right first the save might look you know not as spectacular but it'll be certainly as effective mm. um and, and Jose was was brilliant at that I thought at the weekend and I think he has been like that really since he since he joined Wolves, um, positioning is very good. He's very quick off his line, commands his area very well. Um, so I've been, I've been very impressed with him. He's going under the radar quite a bit, much like Wolves, to be fair, have been. I know you know it wasn't a great result of the weekend, but overall they've been going under the radar. Really, uh, are still sixth. Am I right in saying that? Still, yeah, still are sixth because Spurs didn't play. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think he's going under the radar as well as as well as Wolves really. And I think for Wolves fans, they're, they're happy with it that way. Let let some you know let the club's best players go under the radar. We'll we, you know we'll take that every day of the week. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, last talking point, and it's one which is maybe a little bit sacrilege to to speak um, about it. The midfield, do they need a gear shift there? Do they need someone who can offer a little bit of a different kind of pace? Because at times I thought, you know, Neves and Matinho are obviously class. They're obviously class footballers. We've got. Endless amounts of technical quality, um, but a little bit one-paced at times. I found they are they're, they're, they're very similar as well. Um, they've been very good recently, particularly Neves have been excellent. I don't think they actually either of them had a particularly bad game against Norwich. Mm. Um, it was the same story really. They were coming up against a midfield three, and that hinders them. We saw it against Palace. I think that was fairly obvious. Um, but you're totally right. I've been saying this for a, a while, and I, I still stick by it now. That all three of them, them two and Dendonka, are, are very similar. Dendonka is the one out of the three that can sort of carry the ball forward and break into the final third. But it's not really is 
he, he can do it, but I don't think he... We don't has, see that regularly. Enough, yeah, we don't see it regularly. I don't think it's his bread and butter, I'll put it that way. I think um, he's obviously the best at it out of the three, but it's not what he's best at doing, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they need, a, they need a midfielder for me, I think, who can carry the ball forward into the final thirds, make decisive key passes forward. Um, now, Neves in particular does a very good job of uh, recycling the ball, uh, looking after it, and making those key passes out wide, in particular to the wing-backs, which creates opportunities. But I think if you can get someone who's going to run forward with the ball, break into that final third, maybe play a one-two with Jimenez every now and then, and, and you know, get a shot, gets a shot off, that's the kind of midfielder Wolves are, are missing. And I, I 100% agree that, that they need that in the squad because they don't have that. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, it just, it just seems like you need some, obviously Wolves need some depth there, but they need some different depth. I think that's important that they address that, you know, either in January or in the summer. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 Shall we go answer questions? Let's do it. Let's go answer questions, shall we? Uh, first one, Peter Friedman. Liam, you said that Ruben Vinagra's permanent transfer will go through if Sport and Lisbon don't get relegated. Is this true or is there an appearance-based clause where he gets returned to Wolves if it isn't met? Yes, this was on a podcast a while ago now I forget when it was it was a good few months ago uh, yeah it's, it's, it's true uh, as far as the club are concerned really he's you know he's not a Wolves player anymore really um, I think fans should probably sort of uh, interpret it that way as well yeah he won't be coming back mm. uh, Wayne McKee this is a strong one can we agree that Wolves will lose millions on the Silver and Catroni deals and will never recoup the money can we agree? <laughs> um, I mean, Silver's a tough one. He's signed for potential. They spent a lot of money on him. We're yet to see that realised. Catroni, I think, yeah, they're not going to recoup that. Yeah, I think that's... I th- I, yeah, I'd have to agree. I think um, it's difficult to imagine a world where... And off the top of my head, I can't remember how many years of a contract Catroni's got left, so forgive me. But um, I can't imagine a world where they're going to be able to recoup what they paid for him, certainly. Um They'd have done it by now, or at least got a fee for him by now. But there's a mm. reason that they're getting plenty of loans for him um, rather than rather than permanent. So um, yeah, I can agree on that one. Silver's a really tough one because, of course, there's a lot of money, and of course, he's not getting played much, and of course, um, he's had a few games, particularly last season, where he, there's a few games he did well, but there's a few games where he didn't quite come off for him. Um, I still hold a lot of hope there. I think. I think there's a reason he's not getting played much right now. I don't, and this is again me speculating, but I, but I don't think it's a, for the bad reason that everyone thinks. I think they're they're quietly getting him up to speed with what they want from a striker, and I think we're, all of a sudden he's going to get an opportunity, and I think he's going to take it. Mm. Um, now I'm going to play this back if I'm right in a few months' time <laughs> or a year's time, whatever it is. Um, but if I'm totally wrong and he gets sold or released or something ridiculous, then uh, please don't play it back. Um, yeah, be deleting this episode. <laughs> I, I still hold out hope because he's he's still very very young. He's 19. Uh, you know he there's a there's obvious goal scoring talent there. He, he's he's a poacher, isn't he? He doesn't. I think he will work well with the playing with another striker, and he wants to be in that six yard box and just poach every ball that comes in and and, and score. Uh, and there's been lots of strikers who've been very good at that over the years. Um, funny enough, it's Gary Lineker's birthday today, and he was, you know, he was one of the best at it. Yeah. Um, wasn't an unbelievably technically gifted player. Didn't run with the ball for twenty, thirty, forty yards and take everyone on and put it bottom corner. He'd be in the right place at the right time in the box, and more often than not, would score. Uh, I think for me, that's what 
that's what Fabio is. Um, more, more in that vein, at least, anyway. Um, and in, in time, I, I hope and I think it will, it will work. Um, but I can understand the fan frustration because you sign a player for that m- amount of money, you want it to work now. Mm. There's got to be a little bit of patience, I think. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed for him because it's not been the easiest start in, in English football. Um, Reggie, how many starts is Lager going to give, or Lager, sorry, going to give Trincao before the realisation that he's underperforming? Tough questions today. Tough questions. Yeah, I mean, after a nil-nil draw. <laughs> yeah, um, look, Bruno likes him. He likes what he offers. He thinks he's a very talented player. And I, I think he's a talented player. I just don't think it's working for him perhaps as much as as other people maybe do. Um, do you think it hurts him that he's come from Barcelona? He wouldn't... He, possibly, possibly. But, you know, now... If he, came, if he came from... Athletic Bilbao, there wouldn't be quite the expectation, would there? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it does. I think so. The, the, the expectation is much bigger because of where he's come from. But he was only there a year, wasn't he, at Barca? He was at Braga before that. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I think Bruno's persistent with him because I think he knows there is something to get out of him there. Um, but you've also got to remember his options aren't particularly vast and as I fully said with Traore I don't think he suits the system right now so you know I know Daniel Pudence could play ahead of him but then particularly against Norwich he couldn't because he was he had COVID so you know if you put it that way it's almost like they had no one else to play um, I as I say would personally would play Traore particularly on uh, on Wednesday night um, but I'm not convinced it's going to happen mm. uh, Lee Smith can you clarify the situation with Huang please stated we had an agreement in place to sign him at the end of the season for £14 million ish but a lot of reports saying others could get him or we have to pay much more I th- yeah I think you're getting a little bit confused um, so uh, yeah I'll try and make this as clear as, as, clear as possible so mm. uh, yeah the, the option uh, after the so it's a year loan to the end of the season and the option after that is for a fourteen around about fourteen million pounds um to make him permanent. So that would that's what would happen at the end of the loan. Wolves, as we already know, we, you know, we, there's been a lot of often reports on it. Bruno spoken about it. The club are quite keen to get that done over the line in January if they can. But it it requires a renegotiation because the clause they've got in the current loan is for the end of the season option not for January option mm. so that doesn't necessarily mean they will have to they'll have to pay more doesn't you know it, it depends what they can negotiate now let's say hypothetically we get to the end of the season Wolves have got an option to sign him for 14 million but let's say another club comes in and offers 20 million I, I don't really know why they would necessarily pay over the odds but they might do that to you know try and convince Leipzig to, to accept but mm. Leipzig can ex- still accept another offer from another club even though Wolves have got an, off, uh, an option there it's not a you know a one and done deal you know like the club can come in and say we'll, we'll pay 20 and they can accept it and then Huang can you know choose where to go mm. so um, I think that's where people are getting confused with paying more they may have to pay more if they, if they renegotiate a, a deal in January and if there's a lot of interest in him which you know some places are reporting there is then that may be the case, and they may have to, they may have to renegotiate something. But uh, as it, yeah, as it stands, it's a forty million option at the end of the uh, the season. But at the moment, they want to try and do it in January if they can. Yeah, in the summer, there's with deals like this, you can't really move the goalposts once you've agreed that that initial kind of option. Um, Wolves Wolves will, by all accounts, have the chance to sign in fourteen million pounds at the end of the season. But it's just dependent on if another if a, another club say. For example, uh, pulling this name out of, of absolute thin air, Manchester United are keen on him for some reason, and they say we'll 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 bid seventeen million. The Leipzig will obviously accept it because they know if not they'll get fourteen million. So they're going to say, well, we'll take seventeen million, but then you've got to negotiate between the player and the clubs. And no disrespect to Wolves, but it would be hard to turn down United over Wolves unless. You're really worried about playing time, which, in which case, you know he's more likely to go to Wolves because he'd be playing more. Exactly. 
Next question, do you think Larger is reluctant to go to a back four due to our lack of central midfield or the quality of our centre-back, says Scotty Big Mac? Um, I th- yeah, I think I've spoken about this before. I, I do think that once he makes you know, sufficient signings and changes to the squad and the team, um, which might not happen in January or the summer, it might, it might take a little bit of time, I don't know how long it will take. But once he makes those sufficient changes, I do think he will change formation. I think it's partly that, partly because this squad has been playing with the same formation and the same system for four years. So it's difficult just to rip it up and go back to four four two. He's keeping the same system or or version four four two, but he's keeping the same system in a three four three, but the style of how they're playing and what they're trying to do that he's trying to change and, and be very different. So I think over time it will change. But I also agree with what the question's saying that I do think the options in those positions is probably holding him back a little bit as well. I think he wants to bring his own players in to make that happen. So, mm. um, yeah, I think in time it'll happen. But it's and it's probably a smart way of doing it. I think we give him credit because I don't think you, you can't rip it all up all at once. You've seen managers do that before, rip everything up. The play, you know, they might have fairly the same squad or they might rip the squad up and then try and change the system and try and change the way they play all at once. And it doesn't. It's not going to work all at once. He's done it in bits and he's changed the style, kept the system and in, so far it's worked pretty well, I think. Yeah. Um, Irish Wolf 23. Says his distribution was poor on Saturday. It's definitely not a one-off. Do you think Bolly is in any way close to dislodging him as I think his ability to start attacks is a plus and he's a better defender? Yeah, once he once he gets fit. Um, I can't say much more else on, on Bolly because tonight, and that is Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening to this, um, there'll be something out on, on Bolly a bit sort of a bit more in depth for people but um, for me I'd have provided he was fit of course I'd have played I'd have got probably in the, in the squad much earlier in the team much earlier um, mm. but I give Sace's credit you know he's had a few dodgy games you know I keep referencing the particularly the first half but overall really away at Watford struggled and there's a couple other games here and there as well Brentford other ones but give him his credit he's been fairly solid I think his distribution out from the back is yeah I agree it's probably not quite body level I think Bolly is a better defender as well but you know size has been a pretty a fairly reliable uh, player I think um, bar you know his couple little ricks that he's had in him but no, give, give him a little bit of credit I think yeah certainly fitness wise he's much more reliable this oh season. yeah yeah size is barely ever you know there's barely ever a problem with him you know they've got other players like that Cody as well is very similar um, mm. touch wood <laughs> Uh, Robbie, do you think Bruno will be backed in the January window? It's tough. Now, you know, Wolves have got, of course, they've got funds available within reason. They've got resources. They need, they do need additions. It depends what your definition of backed is. You know, are they going to go out and spend two hundred million? No, but are they going to hopefully bring someone in? You'd like to think so. I don't think they're going to bring in four or five different players I think if we do see any additions it'll be probably around the one or two mark um, and we may see some loanees come back in uh, I, I don't know if you remember it was I think it was actually almost a year ago so January 2020 uh, no that'd be almost two years ago maybe it was 21 anyway when, whenever it was I forget um, Ryan Giles uh, came back off his loan from Shrewsbury spent the whole of January in the squad at Wolves and then went back on loan uh I went to Coventry. Coventry, yeah. Yeah, so I could see I could see that certainly happening if they need you know players to bolster the squad. They've got Sanderson, Gibbs, White, obviously Giles again. You know, is doing well at Cardiff, so they've got players that they could bring in and then send back out on loan again before the window closes. Um, so I could see that happening. I can certainly see them bringing one or two in potentially. Uh, it just depends what you mean by back. If you, you know, if they, if you're describing that as two hundred million and six players coming in, I, I think you'd probably be waiting a while. Yeah, I, I suppose the signs from from late summer in you know the attempts to get Botman and, and Sanchez, if they could reignite those deals, maybe. If those two came in, I think that, and it was just those two, I think that'd be that'd be very good business. But you know they're they're on the radar certainly, but it's not it's not cut and dry. So we'll have to we'll have to see. It's going to be a, a busy January, I uh, I suspect for rumours, even if there's no action off the field. Yeah, uh, it certainly will be. Uh, Kev G. Wolf, have Wolves exceeded your expectations? Yeah, definitely. I, I think certainly exceeded mine. 
Yeah, I think I've said this, and I'll sort of probably the millionth time I've said this, I'll apologise to people who've heard it again. But um, I think the squad is very, very talented. I think they've got some very good players in there. Um, I think the balance of the squad is slightly off and it is slightly too small. And that's why I predicted probably somewhere between 12th to 10th at a push, but probably 12th ish is probably around where I'd put them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're sixth, you know, and they're certainly exceeding expectations. They beat, they beat Burnley on Wednesday. I know they've got a very difficult December coming up, but they're in a great position. I think uh, overachieving is another way I'd describe it because although it's a very, very talented squad who's got that has got players capable of making a top six, seven, eight push, I genuinely do believe that. Um, I think just think the, the size of it and the balance of it of the squad is going to hold you back slightly. Yeah, I mean, my initial prediction for the season was Wolves anywhere between 10th and 15th. And the fact that they're far exceeding that at the moment says everything in terms of my thoughts. Um, Ken Mayer, why does Nathan love Traore so much? <laughs> well, he's a former Middlesbrough player, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. there's your answer. Um, and the last one um, is, is Judah a pain to work with, says Matty. I don't think so. I think Judah's great to work with. Matty has hit the nail on the head. Absolute nightmare. No, I'm joking, of course. I'm joking. No, no, no. We, we, we do love Judah. We do love him. Loves a, loves a US holiday, though. Loves a, loves a US holiday. Loves the very, very bizarre snacks and treats and food at, at the football. Just do what I do. Get to Wolves. Rock up. Have two or three servings of a very nice... <laughs> of some very nice food. Get a couple of desserts, Danny Neck. We're only there. There's uh, a point. What what food is on offer at the moment? It's my first time this season. Ah, I was thinking about this actually earlier today because I know you're you're a bit of a a football food connoisseur. Oh, that's take... exactly the word I was going to say. <laughs> you, you like to uh, you know take pictures and rate it and judge it and make those thoughts very known on on, on Twitter. Oh yeah. Um, look, I've had some. I'll tell you what. On, on overall, on in general, the standard of the food is very nice. You know, wolves, wolves look after us. Um, what did you have last home game at West Ham? It was like a, it was like a sort of beef casserole. I'm a fan. Uh, veggies, yeah, and there was I think there was a salmon option as well. The fact that uh, you can go up for extra servings as well is a big plus. Well, I don't know if you are, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you do, but I, I, you know, I'd like to be, I like to be courteous to my colleagues around me. So I'll, I'll have one when I get there. I'll sit around twiddling my thumbs, thinking, oh, I'd love another one. But I just I wait until they, uh, you know, most people have been up. I don't want to be stealing food away from people. And also, they if they if it runs out, they tend to bring another thing and replace it, and they have loads more. Mm. So I'm just thinking, right, if that's on, if it's on offer, I'll just go up and have some. Can't more. go to you can't let it go to waste. Yeah, exactly. And then and then they don't have them out straight away. Oh, actually, what they do next to the, the hot food as well, they have normally have like a little sort of cold selection of like meats and salad stuff and things like that. Solid. Um, and then a bit later, they'll bring out. The uh, they'll bring out some desserts and yeah they've been pretty good. Had like this passion fruit like I don't even know how to describe it. I'm more of a chocolate man. Uh, I did have a chocolate brownie cake thing, whatever it was. It was really nice. See, that sounds good. They had a oh, they had a like a cherry and pecan pie thing before. That was really good. Strong. Uh, yeah, it's good. You know, they look after you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show you the ropes, mate. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll show. You. Yeah, they, they know me well there because I, you know, I get through about five or six portions before the game. So, so you're on first name terms. Oh yeah, they within within half an hour of starting at Modern New. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming you, you were on first name terms with all the shifts. Um, right, let's talk uh, previews. Double preview this week. Double preview. Uh, two games to talk about Burnley and Liverpool both at home um, two very different challenges I think it's fair to say do Wolves need a bounce back performance against Burnley yeah I think that's the right way to phrase it as well performance they need mm. they do need to improve on the performance now hopefully the result will come with that because you don't want to have a situation where the first three games of the season they play really well and lose 1-0 in all, in all three of them so um, the performance is, is important particularly at home if they can get a performance in there like West Ham, the first half against Everton, parts of the game against Newcastle, then it could be a very good evening for them. You know, Mullinu under the lights is always a good uh, a good occasion, good atmosphere. Um, 
so yeah, it, the performance is is vital first of all. But if they if they have a stinker and win one nil, is anyone really going to mind? <laughs> Probably yeah. not. So uh, as much as I will bang on about the performance, they need to get a result as well. And if they come away with four points from Burnley and Norwich, obviously add on you know the win to West Ham before that as well. I think people would say that's a pretty de- pretty good return heading into what is going to be a, a tough a tough December. So it, it's not going to be easy because you know Burnley have um, you know done very well against Wolves in the last few years, and of course the last result against them was a four 0 loss. So they uh, they have to you know go much further, you know far and away better than that. But Burnley have got a couple players out. I know Wolves are missing Pedenza, Neves, and, and Bolly, but um, I think they should have enough to beat them. Uh, just so people are aware as well, the, the players are out. Ashley Barnes is out, injured, unless Sean Dyche has been lying and, you know, <laughs> he comes back in uh, injured, which is probably good news for for Wolves. Chris Wood's playing, unfortunately, but that, that's mm. one part that's good news. Uh, well, I say he's playing, I don't know yet, but he's fit anyway. Um, uh, Tarkowski uh, suspended mm-hmm. and Westwood suspended. That, uh, that a roll-on, of course, from the fact that the Spurs game was, was cool. Exactly. So they would have been suspended for the Spurs game, similar to Neves, they want five year cards, they're suspended for this game. Um, but because the Spurs game was postponed, they're now both suspended for uh, for Wednesday, which is, you know, it's good news because I yeah. think Cork will probably come into midfield, most likely. And then at, at the back, they've got a, a 20-year-old centre-back called Nathan Collins, who's probably going to come in. Mm. So I think it's a pretty... You know, it's pretty good going for for Wolves. I know they're missing Neves and Pedence, but it's uh, it's good news anyway to start to uh, on paper to start the uh, start the evening off. Yeah, bit of a bit of a double edged sword, isn't it? Because Burnley, you know, they you could argue, oh, they're going to be well rested because they didn't have a game on the weekend because it was called off. Equally, you know, those those are big misses for them. Yeah, that's true. Although, you know, speaking to Bruno about that today actually, and he said that he thinks that three days to prepare is more than enough, and he doesn't think it'll be a factor really. Um, so I he's... mean, he's very different to Nuno. <laughs> well, no, he might change his mind when we get around to you know back end of Christmas, and you know he's he's had a lot of games in a lot of, a short space of time. But he he said he thought it was plenty of time, and he won't be a factor, and his players will be ready. So you know, if we're going to take his word for it, then you know it will have no no bearing at all on the game. But um, I think the fact that those three are missing, all three key players as well for Burnley. Mm. Um, is you know it, it can only be good news. Yeah. Um, so, what changes do you expect to see? And I suppose who do you want to see really, really shine at Molyneux under the lights? Well, the question first of all is, does Bruno make any changes because of the uh, the games he's got coming up? So he's obviously got Liverpool coming up on the Saturday. Uh, he's got a lot of games coming up in the next few weeks, uh, in, starting with Burnley. Actually, it's eight between. December 1st and January 3rd which is five exactly five weeks mm. or just over actually just no just under actually excuse me just under five weeks um and it's eight games in that spell so it's you know it's a lot of games um does he make a change this early on I, I could well, see it happening so Neves will be enforced but yeah of, yeah of course Neves will be Neves will be enforced but can he can he can I see him making a couple changes to maybe weaken the side for Burnley and play a stronger at Liverpool. Maybe the other way round with the idea that you win, hopefully win at Burnley and have a bit of a free hit against Liverpool. Mm. It depends the way he's going to view it. Um, so he's uh, essentially said that, you know, Dendonk will most likely play, uh, which I think everyone expected anyway. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Luke Kundal get an opportunity soon. He's sort of hinted at that um, mm. and it, that may happen. Uh so you, you never know. He maybe he plays Dendonka and Kundal together in midfield and drops Matinho as well. Like, you know, it's possible, certainly possible. Particularly as we say with a midweek game and other games coming up. Um, but if I was to guess and give my sort of predictions on it, I would, I'd be tempted to say Marcel possibly will come in, but I, I, I think that may happen against Liverpool and make them more sort of defensively solid. Yeah. Uh, so I think Ignori might play keep his place. I think it'd be the same goalkeeper Saar, uh, same back three: uh, Kilman, Cody, Sice, Semedo, and Ignori. I think he'll play then Don Cromutinho, but it wouldn't surprise me if Kundal maybe gets a shout. Uh, it'd be a brave shout, of course. You know, he's not had a he's not played in the Premier League yet, but it's uh, it's possible. 
Um, and then I think Huang and Jimenez are, are virtually nailed on, really. That may, as you say, that may change in the coming weeks when they've got a lot of games. Mm. But I think for this game, I think they're pretty much nailed on. And it's really that right wing spot, whether he plays Torre, whether he plays Trincao. Um, he might surprise all of us. He might play three midfield, Moutinho, Kundal and <laughs> Dendonga. I think that's unlikely, um, particularly at home as well. But... Uh, I think I would play Troy Array, but I would not be surprised to see Trincao play. Yeah. Um, the difficulty with, with this section is I can give all my opinions, I can give all the different options he might go with, but Bruno has sprung a few surprises every now and then. Um, and I'll leave it, I'll end it on this to say that I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, to see him spring another one. And just for the final bit of your question, I would love to see Troy play, and I'd love to see a proper vintage Troy performance that he runs Charlie Taylor ragged, has a brilliant game, performance, gets the crown off their feet and earn, helps earn Wolves to win. And I'd love to see him assist or, or score, but assist for Jimenez, reignite that partnership they had a, a season or two ago. Mm. Do you reckon maybe you see the wing-back swapped out for Liverpool then? Potentially. Um, I think Marcel more likely maybe than Hover coming in for Semedo. Or do, I think Hover will get games over the next few weeks, but uh, I think Marcel potentially, because he He's not great going forward, but he adds a bit more solidity to to the defence. And mm. and Liverpool is going to be such a tough game. I mean, they're an incredibly good side in great form. Jot is returning in some form as well, um, which is going to be a concern. Um, yeah, he's a great player. So um, looking at Liverpool, you have to. I think for me, you have to go at them. I think it's a bit of a free hit at home. You got to go at them. If you let them have the ball and sit back on them, they're gonna they're gonna they'll pick you apart. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll they've pick got you apart. no Salah can bang one in from thirty yards. They'll cut through. They'll pick you apart. Now they might do that if you press high and they find spaces. They might do that anyway. But that's why I describe it as almost a, th- a free hit because you know, what's the harm in, in going for it and trying to trying to win it, trying to get a, a, a performance and a, and a result. Rather than sitting, and particularly at home as well, don't sit back and let them have the ball and, and let them you dictate it because afford, they will. You can't afford to give someone like Trent Alexander Arnold time to pick passes. He's already good enough anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think if you can get those, if it's Huang and Troy, let's say, for example, against Liverpool, you have them wide and pushing those two fullbacks back so they can't get forward because they're causing such a threat. That's, that, could be, that could be huge. Mm. If you get them. On the front foot, attacking forward, driving with the ball, pushing those two fullbacks, Robertson and, and Trent, back, stopping them from affecting the game the other direction. That could be massive. Could be. Um, right. Uh, is there a competition this week? Are you running a competition? Yes. Now I, I should really have checked this with, with you before. Do we are we doing it for both games or are we just <laughs> just I doing mean, it for the could, one? You could be in the Christmas spirit and, and have two opportunities. Nah, forget that. Oh right, okay. No Christmas, no Christmas, <laughs> clearly, someone's Christmas tree isn't up already. No, I'm joking. Let's do, let's do both. Let's do both. Okay, go so on. So I'll, I'll, uh, as as always, retweet the tweet for the podcast, um, and then I'll pick two win- winners and I'll tweet it out. But I'll make it clear as to who is for Wednesday's game and who is for Saturday's game. Um, and if my prediction for the scores in both those games is right, you win a shirt. Here we go. Yeah. You know what? You can have the Liverpool prediction. I'll have the. Okay. Oh yeah, I like what you've done there. Dodge, dodging, giving, <laughs> dodging, giving a prediction for a poor result. So, look, I want to get you involved. You know, it's, it's going to be your last one, so I've got to get you involved. Judah's back, isn't he? After yeah, uh, yeah, he's, fair, back, he's, fair, he's back fair. in time for Liverpool. So it's all right. Um, the Wolves fans can hate me because I won't be here. Like, I won't be doing another podcast. You know, yeah, anytime soon, will I? So, so I um, Burnley. I will predict two-one Wolves. Fair. Okay. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, Wolves versus Liverpool at Molyneux. I'm going 3-1 Liverpool. Oh. I reckon Wolves will, Wolves will be a plucky a plucky side that go a goal up. Um, in fact, no, I reckon Liverpool will score first, Wolves will equalise and they'll go for the win. But it'll hurt them. They'll, they'll get caught on the counter. That's a disgrace. You should be going for at least a score draw there. Absolutely disgusting. No, mate. I'm, I I talk sense. Disgusting. Right, there it is. 2-1. Hey, the Wolves fan who wins the shirt when it ends 3-1 yeah, will be, be happy. Yeah, he'll be all right. 
2-1 against Burnley to Wolves. That is my prediction. And Luke has gone 3-1 Liverpool. So uh, yeah, just 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 be the one tweet uh, for the for the podcast. Um, in fact, you know, actually, I'm going to change it slightly. I'm going to change it slightly. So there'll be a tweet uh, today for okay. the for ahead of the Burnley game. Retweet that one for the Burnley game, and then I'll tweet the podcast again on uh, on Friday and retweet it again for the for the Liverpool one. Um, and then I'll pick two winners and I'll do a, a tweet on each, and uh, we'll see who wins. I love how organised you are. You, you know, I don't mess around. I mean, amazing. Um, right, that just about does us, mate. Do you have anything you want to add to this episode? Just that it's been an absolute pleasure, Luke Hatfield, to have oh, you with mate. me. Uh, Judo, as I say, is returning in time for the Liverpool game. He's back. He'll be at the game with me. Um, but uh, but no, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, sir. So thank you very much for for joining me. I appreciate it. No worries. I can't wait to sample the Molyneux uh, food. Um, oh yes, we'll get you know we'll get some reviews out there on Twitter before the game. All the important you know hard hitting journalism that people are after. Exactly, exactly that, mate. Uh, right, but that just about does us. As always, if you could rate, review this podcast on your preferred podcasting provider, that would really help us as long as it's a good review. Don't give us any bad ones. Um, and if you know someone who doesn't listen and happens to be a Wolves fan, maybe they'll enjoy listening to it too, so pass it on. Um, but from me and from Mr. Liam Key, bye for now. Bye.